Orb presents Love Bites. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. Or BB. This is just one episode. We'll get through it. Hey, all those guess who's coming to state dinner and assassin Andy 911 <laughs> We found the most season one of the season two episodes. Yeah, it's called Love Bites, and it's mm-hmm. not a good episode of this show, guys. Yeah. I'm not uh, saying that uh, assassin Annie is stellar, and I don't really care for guess who's coming to state dinner. This was far more dire than i remembered it being because when i think about this episode i think about the one good joke that it has there there are a couple good jokes in this yeah this is not joyless there is some fun character work in it uh it is one of the more juvenile things that have come out of the uh the minds of jackson or you know specifically out of jackson public yes i think um yeah this is a rough putt Mm -hmm. uh Again, some laughs to be had. I remember liking this more when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was like I had some kind of weird contrarian streak where I wanted to like underbite. Okay. And I don't know why. <laughs> like in my 20s, I was just kind of like, oh, cause... like that, that guy is, you know, he's got an umlaut. That's that's good and funny. Yeah. You remember know? Spinal Tap, he's, Gary? <laughs> yeah, he's got a fun character design. Like, you know, uh, I remember in the, you know, the flashback uh, him that haircut him like you know the weird foreign exchange student who has the worst smelling you lunch like yeah. the things that i i you know i i find very appealing about him mm-hmm. so i think i was kind of a contrarian little shit when i first saw this uh and then on a revisit uh it's a rough one yeah so yeah fortunately we don't have really anything to do with him like after this point he just kind of ends up just kinds of end up ends up being uh background right like yeah. just a just a prop sitting alongside all of the other villains they stop using in the revenge society yes yeah um which it's not the like it's it's a weird thing where like part of me still thinks that there was potential there like i can see why the character was created mm-hmm. and one of the things when you read about uh the creators talking about this character is like how they never felt like it came across correctly yeah. And I can see that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I can see the seed of something good. Um, it just, the way it articulates on the page is like the opposite of the, like the um, Phantom Spaceman, you yeah. know, which on the page that was like really not funny. And they're like, mm-hmm. no, no, it'll be good once it animates. This on the page, I think is a cool, like, you know, Baron Underbite and this stuff. Some of it is a good idea. Some of it's just vile, mm-hmm. but some of it is a good idea. And then just on the page, it just dies. Yeah. You know? Or on the screen, uh, rather. The, yeah. On the screen, yeah. Something about the, the pace of his speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, something about just the, the weird way it's disconnected from the rest of the world. Something yeah. about this just kills uh, Venture Brothers' momentum to me. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've, I haven't read an awful lot of, um, like, you know, Marvel, let, let's say non-Grant Morrison Marvel comics. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and definitely not a lot of Fantastic Four. Like, is Latveria dumb like this? <laughs> like, Latveria is pretty, pretty dumb. Okay. Uh, it is just like a weird medieval European city, but it's in Europe. Yeah. So it has that going for it as right. a European city. <laughs> and uh, it is it is very despotic, but it's more like Dr. Doom is pretty fun. 
Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of the difference. Like, Doctor Doom has an army of robots that look exactly like him. Mm-hmm. So, and he sends them out all the time. So, like, all the time you could, like, kill Doctor Doom and it's just another robot. And it's pretty funny. <laughs> like, Doombots are very funny to me. Yeah. And they're called Doombots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and he only speaks in the third person. He wants to get his mom out of hell using magic. Like, he's a, he's a much more fun character yeah. uh, than Underbite. I know, I, so I, I don't think that Underbite's problems are really Doctor Doom's problems. Right. It's I think it's that that gulf between them not being able to find like what's good about this or what could be funny about it. Yeah. So like I, I you know and reading the art book specifically, uh, you know especially because they just have more context on the series than they do when they're doing the the commentaries. But like how they talk about you know just. Underland never fit with the show, primarily because every way that they could think to make it seem awful would have just been cartoonish and funny. Like there was no way to get like to to make it seem appalling, right? Yeah. And so like to have just this kind of barren place where the laws were bad and it was run by this dick, just like just it's not interesting and it's not saying anything. <laughs> Like, no, it's 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 not really. And it's it's weird because you can see the kind of evolution of the thinking, too, because early on, you know, Jackson talks about how uh, he's trying to get all of his like Marvel Comics shit out of, out of the way. And then in the later seasons, when they go to New York, mm-hmm. it gets real marvel <laughs> like you know, the Avengers and Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, we got people stuff. here. Basically the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got the Avengers, you, the Fallen Archer, yeah. uh, who I love. You got the you know, singing like the, the turn off the dark. Uh-huh. You know, Spider-Man helping with the musical thing. That's like very good. Like it's, that's the problem, you know, that is okay. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the problem. And it's really interesting to see them kind of figure out where the problem lies. Yeah, I know this makes yeah. it me sound like I'm just being a defensive, uh, you know, Marvel guy, mm-hmm. but some of the, the stuff that happens later with that is more comic book inspired is really, really funny to me. Yeah. Um, like the doom factory, like the Legion of doom oh, Andy Warhol so matchup good. is incredibly that, good. That is so funny. Um, <laughs> some of the world's most self-involved supervillains like <laughs> that. I really love that. Like, so I, I don't think it's that comics DNA. I uh-huh. think it's just this character and this land, this idea of, you know, it, it's very tick. Mm-hmm. It, I um, mean, and, and that kind of comes down to it, right? Like in Jackson's, you know, sketchbook, the idea of someone called Baron Underbite who has a, who has a metal jaw, like that is just like the, like the one sentence in an image, you know, kind of just appeal. You know, just the, mm-hmm. their their ability to come up with fun with fun enemies uh, and fun supervillains just based on puns and whatever. And it's like, oh, this one just got primacy because the, he kind of came up with with that one early. I think like he came before up the, yeah. So he got rolled into college. He got rolled into you know they didn't have a lot of villains mm-hmm. to go to that funeral. You right. Know? So so I, I just feel like Baron Underbite got kind of an elevated uh, yeah. shrift. He would, been, he would have been. He would have been backseated. And just imagine the world where where they went to college with the Truculees. <laughs> like, good sentence. Um, as we'll, we'll get into it. This sounds yeah. like we're wrapping up, but it is it is a thing where I just listened to the commentary on it and just did mm-hmm. the research, and I was yeah. like, yeah, you know, not a lot of insight into like what I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Um, written by Jackson Public, as you mentioned. Uh, this originally aired August 20th, 2006, and this was the first episode he wrote for the season. Yeah. Uh, neither of them care for it, and they talk about how it really shows. Yeah. Uh, this was originally going to be called Underbite 451, 
Uh, they didn't nix that because it has nothing to do with the plot. It really has nothing to do with the plot, uh, but because a lot of the episodes already have numbers at the end of them anyway, assassinating, assassinating 911, etc. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, the last time we end up in Underland. It is kind of it's a, it's a send off. Yep. For <laughs> it's season two uh, send off. <laughs> Underbite shows up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, but he kind of, you know, he's divorced from this, uh, this angle, which is ultimately good. Yes. Um, one of the things that they talk about a lot in the book is how the idea was this place was just, you know, vile and how we can never make that work. Um, and again, I'm sympathetic to that idea. Mm-hmm. You know, when they talk about the, uh, the 451 reference, they're going to have an opening of like people in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, a little girl digging up like a, a shattered dolly and then just an agent coming and torching it in front of her, mm-hmm. like on demand. I, I could see why that would be funny. Like mm-hmm. the, the cartoonish blinky uh, bleakness. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. No joy. Um, yeah. No joy. No joy allowed in, in Underland. That's not a concept that I think is barren. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Like that's not that's not something I think is is without humor. Um, and but they never found it, mm-hmm. and because of that, they were like, "Hey, let's never write underbite again. Like this, this fucking sucks. Let's stop." <laughs> yeah. Um, so they moved on from him. And like, what's funny is they liked the initial script. They, you know, mm-hmm. they were they wrote it. They both, you know, signed off on it. And then just, you know, something that happens is you develop it and you send you send it away. It goes for animatic. And then months later, it comes back for animation. And both of them had just moved on, probably because they had they, they had worked on other stuff and like mm-hmm. found better ideas. And this just kind of, you know, just paled in comparison because they sent it out first and it came back you know, while they were doing that development. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, one of the kind of goals, um, of this was to make Hank, uh, more likable, mm-hmm. um, because Dean was getting more characterization. Um, you could see how they would dig this to me, at least in terms of that, like some mm-hmm. of the character stuff with Hank yeah. is very good, uh, in this. And there are good jokes in it. I say as the world's premier defender of Simpsons season 30, <laughs> like if I was reading the script and just looking at those little, little jokelets, I could see digging it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But they just wanted to yeah. start kind of like leaning into the idea that they developed, uh, during the trial of the monarch that Hank is crazy. You know, the, yes. the, the, you are you, you are channeling dead crazy people that he can very quickly switch between these roles and kind of inhabit them entirely. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's really good for that. Yeah. Um, uh, weirdly. In the, so in the book, uh, <laughs> Doc Hammer talks about how, you know, he doesn't have anything to say about it. He hated how it handled homosexual thing while joking on the commentary about making Dean a date rapist in the next season Yep, to give him more character. Mm-hmm. It's not a great showing for our boys. No, it's not. Uh, in terms of the episode and commentary, like mm-hmm. I've been you know pretty staunch about being, you know, to forgive the Venture brothers for being shitty 20 year olds is to forgive me for being a tw- shitty 20 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, I still believe that uh, this is, this is stretching me. This yeah. is, this is my, my Job like test of that principle. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's like, man, this episode is pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, in terms of how it handles that stuff. Yeah. yeah. The, the the art book was written between what, season six and season seven? I think, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it has so, season six in there. So definitely, you know, like t- 10 years after this episode, uh, after this episode released. So like Doc Hammer has grown. Jackson Public, all he has to say is the episode was fun to write, but misguided. 
Uh, yeah, I expect him to which like, is fair. Fly, fly delayed himself. But yeah, that's a, the, that is an accurate assessment. But yeah, well, and it's not <laughs> when we say hateful for Venger Brothers, it is in the service of them doing a joke. Yes. You know, like this is not this involves a mix up of whether somebody a guy is a girl. Mm hmm. Like, so, you know, somebody mistaking a guy for a girl and marrying them and then yeah. not liking that it's a dude, which is something you can do that's very disgusting. But there are degrees of how disgusting that could be. Mm -hmm. It's not all Ace Ventura. Yes. You know, um, and this this isn't played like that. It's played more innocent than that. It's mm -hmm. just not funny. Yeah. The way it's played. The the, the Unix. Like, I'm like they, they have some fun lines, but I'm not I'm not here for that. Yeah, they're difficult. Yeah. Difficult, difficult. Uh, so let's get into it. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the we start off the ventures in our cold open, flying over Under or about to fly under Underland in the X one, mm -hmm. and they had just come from a costume contest. They're dressed as uh, Star Wars characters, mostly seventy five percent. Dean is Stavely. The, the costumes are great. Rusty yeah. is Obi Wan. Brock is Chewbacca. Yeah, Chewbacca. <laughs> um, and and uh, uh, Dean Dean yeah. is Slave Leia, right? Uh, no, yeah. Notably, he's the one who is uh, dressed up as a woman. Um, yeah. Brock's costume is so good that he won best costume. However, they lost the group contest. Uh, a because yeah. the Impossibles did a great a great fantastic Made a pretty convincing up. fantastic four. <laughs> anytime that joke happens, I'm I'm really into that. Yeah, we acknowledge the real world. Yeah, uh, I don't. I you know. Far be it for me to take pride in a joke that I made, especially since it's not mm -hmm. a stock standard joke. But there, in Souls of Darkness, there is a funny bit where I talk about how that game loses traction because Dark Souls comes out. Yeah. Which I think, and I do that really late in the book, which I think is a funny joke. Yeah. I uh, like that. Again, you're not, I stole this specifically, but anytime, mm -hmm. I, that's a trope that I really like. Yes. Yeah. You know? uh, the other reason that they, that they lost uh, was because Hank didn't go along, the, along with the theme. Hank never goes along with the theme. Uh, yeah. Whenever there's he's an opportunity, the he's a, whenever there's an opportunity for a costume, he he always becomes the bat, not Batman. Uh, it is the very bat. it is very much like Batman. He is wearing a plastic Batman mask that is more realistically modeled than any other character's face, which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he's he's um, dressed up as his version of Batman. Uh, yeah. and, and they, they keep losing this contest, costume contest. They they once were like Kiss yeah. plus the bat. You know, things like that. And the idea that the, the, the Venture Brothers go to a yearly contest, costume uh -huh. contest, is kind of swept under the rug. <laughs> but it's very quaint. Well then, well, then it's all the super scientists and stuff. I mean, the impossibles yeah. are there. It's very funny. Like, that's very, like, this very cute little nerd prom yeah. that doesn't get any attention uh, that I would have loved to have seen. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. also, like, this isn't the first time they've done that they've done this in uh, Return to Spider Skull Island. They were going to, they, they were at Rocky Horror, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, they they were going to a movie show. Like this is a this is a contest. Yeah, yeah. I guess they do. I mean, they do a lot of costume stuff, mm -hmm. so it's a similar joke to that. But I just yeah, love that. Yeah. Like once a year, what if we had seen the episode with that contest and we got to see like Billy and Pete as Wham or something? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Again, this is been... th this is them doing the do it doing the Venture Brothers dot text thing, which is here's yeah. this here's this interesting fun thing that we're never going to show you. <laughs> yeah, you don't get to see that. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's a great, you know, Hank, you know, is looking, is like looking in the, the, the reflection. He is the bat. Mm -hmm. um, and he keeps getting tongue, his tongue caught in the mouth slit of the mask. Um, mm -hmm. Kids of a certain age will know this kind of Halloween costume. Yes. Uh, very specifically. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a really good, like, I can't help it. It's maddening. <laughs> He's like lisping because he keeps hurting. Um, and Brock is like, hey, we're going over Underland. I'm going to take a, a detour. Mm -hmm. Rusty is a cheapskate. He doesn't want to do it. 
Do you, you think know, I'm made supersonic... of experimental supersonic jet fuel? Oh. Uh, and they, uh, an underling tells Underbite uh, that uh, Underling uh, tells Underbite that uh, Doctor Venture is knee, uh, near, so they use a gigantic magnet to pull the plane down. That was an idea that they initially had for the pilot as well. Uh, was the gigantic I, magnet that would pull the plane down? Yeah, not that exciting of an idea. No, like no. I was really surprised in the book they underlined like this is going to come from the pilot. I'm like, <laughs> giant magnet, isn't that? Uh, no, no, it's kind of wildly no coyote wordy, shit. Fellas. Yeah, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but instead of flying around uh, around Underland, which is smaller than Delaware, they get pulled down uh, because mm-hmm. Underbite is still uh, bitter about what happened in college, the accident that took his jaw from him. So he activates yes. the magnet. It yanks Helper first because he's up in the R two D two spot, uh, and then mm-hmm. it brings uh, then it brings the plane down. Yeah, I hurts their fillings and everything. Uh, they're all panicking. You know, Dean says, get in the black box. It's indestructible. Um, as they, they crash land, Hank says, I love the line, my butt won't stop making a fist. <laughs> yeah, it's a That's cramp. a really good line. That's really yeah. good. Uh, and uh, you know, Rusty says, uh, you're bust with your father's ass. Learn to love stadium cushions. <laughs> uh, which I used to uh, suffer from a pretty acute sense of Hank Hill ass. Mm-hmm. My ex-wife used to talk about how, you know, I had a Hank Hill body. And then yeah. now I've gotten a little plumper in my butt. Mm. Uh, boy, that, that's a dirty sentence. <laughs> I got a little um, plumper in my butt. <laughs> boy, that, that sounded naughtier than I wanted it to. <laughs> <laughs> you rascal. Huh. Well, you know, don't ringtone that, but if you want to, don't tell me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, move on from it's, that. It's inconvenient to have the, the, the diminished glutes, you know, it's my orthotic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, gosh. But I love, like, the, the, the plane is sliding across the countryside because of its momentum. They crash through the wall. Uh, the cockpit mm-hmm. is on the other side uh, of the border. They're technically fine, uh, but because they're bickering, the uh, the ejector uh, uh, activates, launching the cockpit back into the jurisdiction of Wonderland. <laughs> so they're yeah. so they're uh, so they're captured. Yep, real good. Uh, they're getting marched to their cells, and uh, Brock is like, you know, this is serious. Like he's got a grudge, mm-hmm. you know, and he st- he pulls out his suicide tooth. Uh, what he has i love a suicide tooth yeah there's a great thing where he talks about you know it's filled with cyanide or whatever mm-hmm. and hank is like talks about it's a cool tooth but it'd be better if it was filled with cherry ice freezy mm-hmm. or something like that which is a very fun like emergency treat mm-hmm. idea. <laughs> it's you know? my candy tooth. Uh, you can get one of those in shatter on like you get a little tooth that's a little container mm-hmm. that you can put tasty treats in uh, yeah. which i like yeah um but uh rusty is like oh don't worry these dicks always come after me but there's all this propaganda around you know labeling him as kill on sight so this is a grudge that is still active uh and ongoing (laughs) brock tells rusty to not use all the poison himself yeah Uh, (laughs) he's like hey don't be selfish with the suicide poison like what if we what if we need out too uh this this tooth is going to come back in a very implausible way um <laughs> so he, here's where underbite sees dean dressed as uh, slave leia and we get our situation that adds to the situation comedy mm-hmm. uh he has become smitten yes um you know so this is weird multiple levels like one mm-hmm. you know 
Dean's a boy and he doesn't know that. Not that there's anything wrong with, you know, a boy falling in love with a boy, but he mm-hmm. does not know. Right. Uh, Dean, also very young. Incredibly young. Uh, 16 <laughs> and acts like a 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah, six, 16 with the body of a 10-year-old. Yeah. It's pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he puts everybody in a holding pantry, but he has Dean. He's going to have Dean for dinner. Yes. Um, there's a little bit of misunderstanding about that, but he's going to have a, uh, a Dean, uh, you know, a dinner guest uh, have him, you know, to eat. Yes. Uh, you know, and they're, they're going to do the joke where they're very far away from each other. Of course. Uh, that they did in The Simpsons. There, there are a lot of jokes in this that I've seen other places. Mm-hmm. They don't feel like are copied off of. They're just, you it's know. Stock. You know, this is the yeah, situation. Stock stuff. Yeah. Uh, stock joke. <laughs> as they're being carried away to the to, to, to the uh, holding cell, the holding pantry. The, the, all of the other cells are full of political dissidents. So they, all that they yes. have is the pantry. Uh, they pass by a guard who's revealed to be girl Hitler. Remember the last time we dealt with these, uh, with these, uh, this land, there was this resistance. Girl Hitler, cat clops, um, magic eight ball, etc. Yeah, they weren't a resistance then. They were advisors who were trying to do a coup. Yes. They hence digivolved mm-hmm. into a resistance. So all you girl Hitler stands, she's mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Um, you know, Dean learns that uh, Underbite wants to marry him, and he's really disgusted. And this is one of those things that drives me crazy in media, mm-hmm. where Dean can't figure out that Underbite thinks that he's a girl, even though Dean is wearing a thong. Yep. Uh, you know, he's wearing a Slave Leia con- costume and he never at any point just says like, you know, I'm a 10, I'm, I'm a 10 year old boy, you know, I'm a 16 year old boy. Mm-hmm. Like, it just seems like the kind of thing you would say Yeah, yeah. Uh, at this point, they could have done some work to make it, you know, imply that Underbite knew that. Mm-hmm. And again, there's nothing wrong if he did. I mean, there is things wrong with 16 year old boy, but if I'm, I'm, this is not me being anti-gay, yeah. it's just, it's a misunderstanding that would have been cleared up in, instantly. Yeah, no. And they it, just it, they just really stretch it out. It's a stock problem. It's the uh it it is the implausible lack of communication, right? Like yes. you know, you, you could even have it be where, you know, Underbite is so in love with his own voice that Dean can't even get the to get the word in edgewise, you know? Yeah, or he doesn't you know? allow his brides to talk. Yes. Before the wedding night or something. Like there's, you know, you could have done something for it, but mm-hmm. instead it just feels very implausible. It, it just it it it, it, it put, keeps it squarely in the realm of like a threes company joke. You know, three's company is a good way to put it. Like it's very classic. And Mm -hmm. like, that's the kind of shit that I feel they start leaving behind, Mm -hmm. you know, more than anything. Yeah. And the thing that bothers me is when there's an obvious feature of a room that a person would have noticed, but uh, like they don't notice it until we as the viewer get to see it. Uh, that bugs me because Underbite, you know, is talking about, okay, I'm going to have you marry me. You know, I've had these seven previous brides and he gestures to what is looming over this large dinner table, which is the mounted heads of the seven previous brides and says, yeah, hopelessness like collection. Yeah. Yeah. Hopelessness is the, is the, uh, great, greatest aphrodisiac in Underland. I don't know. I think that Dean would have noted the mounted human heads. <laughs> <laughs> I I think so too. The the joke of somebody not noticing something mm-hmm. that's in frame works for me really like pretty consistently well. Like oh, this person was there the whole time. Mm-hmm. Things like that. You know, that's a joke that actually works. The if, delivery on this version of it's flat and shitty. if it's done as a joke, that's fun. This is a dramatic reveal. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> like it's not a joke. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the rest of the crew, Brock, Rusty, and Dean, are in the pantry. Um. A wedding invitation is slid under the door. Um, you know, and it says the, the wedding, you know, wedding and their execution, Dawn. Mm-hmm. And Hank thinks he's calling Dean Dawn, yeah. but they're talking about Dawn the time. 
Um, and Hank takes this really seriously. Like, you know, I have a sister. How long have you been holding, you know, holding this out on me? And uh, Brock starts to interrupt. He's like, don't cover for him, Brock. Uh, you know, that really good, you know, delivery in this. Yeah. Uh, good Hank content in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and good uh good the relationship between rusty and hank content uh rusty says brock you speak crazy can you help him yeah <laughs> just, just like, like saying that. you know brock he, he listens to you please please get them to you know get him to calm down he eventually does uh just in time for a uh uh brick to slide out of the wall hank because he is on tilt uh thinks that it's the the villain who has come after them the wallflower <laughs> Yeah, and I there's a I love that they don't uh elaborate on this. We're like, no, no, the wallflower had that thing on his head. Yeah. Like and they they don't we never see that <laughs> like, character. Oh, anything, like, oh but... god, what a lame villain they say. <laughs> yeah. Like I really love that. Yeah. Um but this is a friendly resistance member who is very German. Mm-hmm. Voiced by um, Brandon so, Small. Yeah, uh, this is a uh a rescue. He's gonna take them to the Underland Underground. Yes. Um we go to Underbite preparing for his wedding on his wedding night. Uh, he has Manic 8-Ball, uh, we, and we both love Manic 8-Ball. Mm-hmm. We talked about Manic 8-Ball before, chained up in his chamber as a Magic 8-Ball. Yep. Uh, which is really dark, but also very on the nose. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, th- I think that's funny. Um, he's asking questions about, you know, like like a like a love-struck teenage girl. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, mystery date questions. Yeah, he's he's on the he's on the bed in that classic teenage girl pose with his head crooked on his whole on his hands and his legs up. Yeah, it's very juvenile, right? Yes. Um asking like, oh, will this be the one, etc.? Um, and you know, Manic Eight Ball is giving him answers, but is also as Underbite is looking away, insulting him. You know, again, yes. <laughs> just as he, you know, just as, as he looks away and the magic eight ball just says ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Which is cute. Yes. Um, then we get the eunuchs. Yes. Uh, Dean is getting measured uh, for a gown by two uh, flamboyantly gay eunuchs. Yeah. Um, who, Stereotypically, you know, like this is like media gay. <laughs> like, yeah. Very, uh, very the birdcage Harvey Firestein. Yes. You know, there's really, really, uh, you know, fabulously gay mm-hmm. uh, and also eunuchs. Yeah. Kind of gilded lily there. A little bit. Um, you know, like you, you could have one without the other. They don't necessarily have to go hand in hand. Right. Um, the uh, And they're just kind of doing shtick. Yeah. Uh, here back and forth, you know, talking about, you know, the Baron likes him young and he likes to butt fuck. Likes uh, to play in the back nine so at, at Augusta. They mean they may have been speaking literally. He's rich. He's a, he's yeah. a he's a prince. He could probably afford to play at Augusta. Come on. I think they they meant that he he was going to rivet Dean. Oh come on! Just because the, the camera focused on <laughs> Dean's ass when they said that, huh? Well, I didn't notice that perv. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they were measuring but, it. Come on, dude. Yeah, they, they, they were measuring it. They did literally have calipers to his butthole. It was like a game of fiddle. The um. <laughs> like, uh, so that you know, Dean is bashful about taking off his uh, his slave Leah uh, bathing suit, and they're like, "Oh, you don't have anything that I haven't seen. I wouldn't be interested in even if I did have my parts." Uh, and then they they do a scream, you know, a very girlish scream when they see his ding dong, and then Dean screams in a much higher pitch. And there's like, you know, I've been circumcised. What's your excuse? Circumcised? Again, not circumcised. You think, you think yeah. are? <laughs> circumcised <laughs> you know jewish okay. I don't know. <laughs> um, no uh what is the thing castrated yes there we are castrados like me um the uh so we you do have a very high uh, voice yes 
I, you know, I do have a milky tenor. I, mm. I, just in comparison to yours, like my voice is, I think, pretty pretty medium, but you have a deep okay. voice. Okay. All right. Okay. That's I mean, a perspective problem. That's a perspective problem. Listeners, like, write in if you, yeah. if you think that's true. Do, do I have a medium voice and Cole has a low voice? Or do I have a high voice and Cole has a medium voice? I don't know. Yeah. Um, resistance. And we have cat clops, which, again, like, I like cat clops. Yeah. Uh, it is funny, the idea that one of his eyes is an entire cat face that has one eye. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a that's a pretty good joke. You know? It's a pretty We've good just sketch. Seen him already. <laughs> Yeah, we've just seen him already. You know, he's like, and he doesn't really add anything to this. He doesn't say any jokes. Right. Yeah. He, he doesn't. This. There's nothing really like especially cat themed about the way that he talks or his role in the story. Uh, you know what this is? This is uh, the Orange County Liberation Front again. Yeah. No, that's the exact good, same feeling as that. Yeah. Like, this is a Brisby ass episode. You, you know, what? you nailed show. it. You nailed it, I think. Yeah. And 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 that also the 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 OCLF was another thing that was just in the sketchbook as they were coming up with the with, with the with the idea for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and the joke here is that their resistance is they're taking a real baby step, so they're just doing schoolboy pranks, like they're just lighting <laughs> bags of dog poop on fire. And, and Hank stuff. is like, "I respect you. I respect your game." Yeah, yeah, and and Brock obviously has no fucking time for this. Right, right. Uh, we, you know what I love. Girl Hitler comes back. Uh, she had just that, that mission we had seen her on was to put cat hair in the Baron's water. Mm-hmm. Uh, her and Cat Clops have hooked up now. Yes. Um, you know, so in the underground here, when the first guy showed up and said this was a rescue, uh, <laughs> he didn't mean it the way that we thought. Right. Uh, he thought the Venters came to rescue them. Yes. Um, and Brock is like, no, no, no. You know, are you guys? If you guys are worth any salt, you guys are going to help me you know, storm the castle and mm-hmm. they're like, whoa, you know, that's suicide. Yeah. They have like an army, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, Brock's like, well, the, at least get out of my way. Cat cops, you know, it's like, we can't let you go without seeing our thing. And he yanks out his whiskers. Mm-hmm. Uh, mean thing to do to a cat, even if the cat is somebody else's eye. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, yeah. That, that, that fucks up a cat. They need those. They're basically organs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, don't man. do it. Don't do it. Uh, but they get away. The and the underground are not going to be a factor until the end of the episode. The ventures are on their own. Uh, the eunuchs have finished their gown for Dean. Uh, notably, the eunuchs do not come from uh, from Underland. One of them is from Detroit, uh, which is which is cl- closer by uh, than you would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and they have uh, finished the wedding gown. Uh, Dean has gone from um, slave Leia to ceremony Leia. Uh, in the gown with the with the hair buns and stuff like that, the the commentary for this episode is where they agree to do the eighth eighth grade haircut bet. Yes, yeah, uh, which I think is very funny. Like yeah. the, them saying that as as a, a running joke mm-hmm. between them, like it'll change the way you bet. Uh, I think is like very funny. What would, uh, the uh, idea is like <laughs> you start doing bets and you say like you had to get your haircut you had in eighth grade. <laughs> what what would your eighth grade haircut? Uh, not the... too uh, dissimilar to underbites not oh, yeah? to his pete rose i had a real uh, dutch boy mm. like the dutch boy paint can that's what i looked like yeah okay no um i had uh it, it looked kind of like uh it was it was like uh tim's character and tom goes to the mayor just uh okay. yeah kind of like short but always uh always gelled and spiked because like when i was in eighth grade it was like 2001 so that was the yeah. uh you know the the spiky hair we was the way to go you had a real rebop thing going on. Yeah. Like from Bicycle Safety Camp. Yep. 
<laughs> reference I only get because of you and pe- only people who listen to Teenage Dirtbags will understand. Yeah, our 10th most popular show on the network. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, some people have seen Bicycle Safety Camp. I'm sure. If yeah. not, Google that shit. Yeah. Um, Rebop. You'll learn about him someday. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's a it's a funny bet because I would really like not like to go back to that haircut. Oh, I mean, but also um, it would take you like, you know, I could probably do your eighth grade haircut with my hair right now. It would take you a while to get to that point where you could do where you could do the Dutch boy. Yeah, it would yeah. be tricky. I'd have to grow it out for a while. I don't yeah. wear a wig. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, uh, they, they, uh, they're going to keep his, you know, his ding dong a secret. Yeah. You know, in order to get back an underbite for castrating them for mm-hmm. uh, ca- underbite uh, taking away their balls. Yeah. Um, it's uh, time for the wedding. Uh, <laughs> underbite puts on his college hair, his Pete Rose haircut, mm-hmm. and his gold jaw. Which again, I think that, that is funny. That's a good joke. Him him putting on uh, his college haircut is very good. Yeah, he just wears that haircut when he when he's at formal occasions. I think that's funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the Underland guards are having a little discussion about getting their tongues caught in the slit in the face mask as well. Mm-hmm. A little bit of parallelism. Yeah, it's uh, callback. Everybody, whenever yeah, you have a mask on, you know, it's a, it's an yeah. attractive nuisance, that little slit. Yeah. Uh, Brock is doing a surprise attack uh, when Hank walks up and starts doing hand signals uh-huh. about how the attack will go. <laughs> you have and no this, this idea what moment. you're saying, do you? You're, you're about, I do, Brock. You know, just like, put me in. You know, uh, just really, really good. Uh, you know, so they're going to unscrew the light bulbs to do the... Um, uh, you know, it's like, it's like Hank, you know, remember your judo, like you're mm-hmm. actually useful. They're going to unscrew these light bulbs, but Rusty drops it because it's hot <laughs> and uh, causes, a, you know, ruins the surprise in which then Brock grabs Rusty and tosses him. Yeah. To the surprise. Pro- pro- proving, proving himself wrong. He said that Rusty was useless in a fight. And then he, just the fact that he throws he the, him. Yeah. He picks him up and throws him bodily to create a distraction, which is not something a bodyguard should do. <laughs> Mm-mm. that's that's not guarding a body yeah fastball specialing um the scene with him using the spear to fight off guards mm-hmm. is actually really fun yeah. something we lose in the show i think is like really fun brock action yeah yeah uh scenes and i think that i have that jackson is better at that than than doc agreed um and you know this is this is really fun yeah um it ends with them repeating a joke though which again this was the first one written in the series mm-hmm. but this ends up feeling very similar to the uh knife in the back joke from Victor Echo November to me. It does. And both of these back to back. This is better. Like this is. Oh, it's, uh, it's way better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's way better, but it, it, it just feels like it has the same cadence. Like yeah. Patrick Warburton is being asked to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's interrogating a guy. He grabs his balls and starts squeezing it. And then uh, really luxuriates and revealing to him that he's found a lump. <laughs> uh, they, it's really they, good. They said like they budgeted him 20 seconds to reveal that line, which is an yeah, incredibly long time. <laughs> like, I uh, don't know how to tell you this, but uh, there's a uh, th- that lump. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really good, uh, and th- that's what causes them to break. wife. Okay, new priorities. I don't fucking care anymore. I need to get my shit in order. <laughs> it's like yeah. Brock, who was he was gonna, definitely going to kill this guy. Says I am so so sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. The, the idea that that's you know Brock's line is always fun uh-huh. to find. You know, like mm-hmm. I've seen you tie a man's opt- ocular nerves in, in a knot. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I never broke their heart. You know, like yeah. he's. His his whole thing, like he's got these lines. No women, uh, no children, no cancer patients. <laughs> no cancer patients. Well, and also, you know, little little PSA here. You can have a lump on your nut that's not that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just get it checked out. Mm-hmm. You know, not death sentence. 
Jackson yeah. Public. Tom Green. Um, Tom Green told us, "Hey kids, t- check your balls." Yeah, check them because yeah. sometimes it's nothing. Yep. Uh, you know, there's That's all kinds of weird things that can happen on there. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're like total mysteries. Like they already did an episode <laughs> about them twisting into a knot. Like yeah. Those those shits are up to their. They have their own game, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> like, they have their own, own culture. In, they have their own the, songs. Their own agenda. Uh, your yeah. balls. We don't control them. They control us, mm-hmm. and we should send a doctor, aka diplomat, down there to check them out before we make any you know freakouts. Yeah, and you just made me think of the idea, the horrifying idea that what if balls are parasitic organisms that that, that attach to us and pilot mm-hmm. us around? Uh, from... Like those fish, yeah. Those guys. Yeah, no, the tongue. Yeah, the, fish. yeah, the fish that yeah. becomes the tongue. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not that big of a stretch of imagination to think of a fish that becomes your balls. Yeah. Sentences. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> more of a like a like a sea anemone, you know. Yeah. Because balls are yeah. gross. But... Yeah. I, I, like a couple of sponges. I'm just no good. <laughs> Getting into trouble in my throbbing hood. Um Yeah, no, no, no fun. Um so the guard goes to tell his wife, he tells him where the wedding is. Yeah, um, yeah. And Hank, because he was not uh, deployed into the fight at all, decides, well, I've got to do something. So he gives a wedgie to the guy who just found out that he has a lump. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not what you want. No. The no. point. Insult to injury there. Yeah. Um. So they go, uh, you know, Dean is being marched to the altar, and we get this kind of montage mm-hmm. uh, here. Some good uh, Foetus, uh, Fotis, you know, action yeah, music. Just fetus. F- fetus. Yeah. Spelled differently. Focus. Yeah. Focus. I, I, I feel like at this point they realized, oh, we have this amazing composer. We can actually like write for him, you know, because mm-hmm. they had never actually given him um, on the commentary. They joke like, OK, we need you to provide a score for these two guys talking back and forth about a shrink ray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What What is the cool music for somebody bargaining for a rock'em sock'em robot? Yes. You know, uh, and he actually does this action stuff. Yeah. Uh, which is fun. Um, as they're they're going through this, uh, but there some gates come down, some classic D and D trap, mm-hmm. and separates Hank from Brock and Rusty. Yes. Uh, and Hank says, "I'm going to go do it alone." Mm-hmm. And he will not listen to them. You know, they say this is obviously suicide. You know, don't do this. Um, and then we get this little joke, like Hank decides to give like his little speech, you know, this is a matter of principle and you know, this is, this is playing with live ammo a little bit. I think it's funny that it's never questioned. Like Hank doesn't realize how awful this is. Uh, but Hank says, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, dad, you spent months trying to isolate and destroy the gay genes and stuff like this wouldn't happen. Um, yeah. and, and Brock, you don't want to be Baron Baron's bodyguard in law. The idea that that's what Rusty would be, um, spe- spending his research time trying to do basically a crime against humanity is very and funny, it, uh, but him being naive about it is the joke. Yes. You know, um, and the, uh, bodyguard in law is funny, mm-hmm. you know, within that, there's the assumption that stuff like this wouldn't happen where stuff like this is not a gay relationship. It's. Mm-hmm. Uh, non-consensual yeah age difference mm-hmm. uh marriage yeah like, it's hard to tell how much of that is 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 hank's incomplete understand understanding of the issues at hand right yeah that's the, the joke is supposed to be his naivete yeah but it, it's a joke that makes rusty seem worse than you know he has been and he's he's real bad even in this episode yes you know um, you know, and Brock's like, you know, we can't do this. And Hank is like, you know, they're not going to expect just one 
you know, lone <laughs> psychopath. Um, early on when Rusty, Rusty's like, you know, Brock is very upset about this. And Rusty's like, I'll let him try. <laughs> I think that's a funny <laughs> line, yeah. you know? And, and then he's like, you know, I can always make more, which is callous. And then he says, uh, when he, he might surprise us, he does get that kind of, you know, R slur strength when he gets mm-hmm. worked up. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, it's just like, man, I'm just really, really laying it in there, guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah. it's not great. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Hank gets captured. Uh, he's got a lot of blood. Uh, th- this this is something that was definitely botched in animation. Um, yeah, they elucidate it in the commentary. Yeah, so he's like laying in a pot in a pile of a pile of blood. Yeah, laying in a puddle of blood. He says, "Oh, I, I I cut my lip on the mask." The idea is supposed to be that he got injured by a spear and he is trying to cover it up by saying that he cut his tongue, but it couldn't have it couldn't have caused that much blood. Uh, the problem mm. is there's no wound on him. Like it, it, yeah. it is not visible that he got hit at all. So it's just confusing. And the joke doesn't land. Yeah. Bad animation yeah. does not feel like a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, Brock takes the suicide tooth out of Rusty's mouth. Uh, the door opens and underbite announces the marriage ceremony is over. He kind of does the, you know, do it. I did it 10 minutes ago. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you can't give away the bride because I've already, given away you know, i've already mm-hmm. married yeah uh married her and here is when hank pulls the wig off and reveals that dean is a boy mm-hmm. so yeah just waiting until you know just just on the verge of non-consensual sex yeah you know and and a lifetime of slavery to to advocate for yourself just feels fucking again just stock and stupid yeah and the fact that it's, it, it's it's hank who yanks the wig off and not dean you know it's just yeah yeah like, uh, hey, you know, it's, it's inconsistent characterization as well. Like Dean isn't a super genius by any means, mm-hmm. but typically Dean has a little bit more wherewithal. Yeah. So. Uh, the marriage ceremony was Baron Underbite's undoing. This is funny because it implies that Under, Underland is a land that has rule of law as opposed to yeah. rule of dictator. <laughs> you know, yep. the, the fact that the fact that Underbite could be deposed for breaking the law. In this case, it's revealed, you know, Catclop storms in and says, you know, like, uh, we need to arrest you for uh, for same sex marriage. Um, You know, that's Mm -hmm. against the law. Uh, You can't be our king anymore. Uh, And then he also and and then he says, you know, uh, we're not sure that the underage thing is 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 outlawed here, but definitely the gay thing is. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And this causes Baron Underbite to go nuts. And Brock subdues him by uh, by throwing the suicide tooth at him so it gets stuck in his head. That's not how a suicide tooth works. Mm-mm. No, I mean, then it's just a regular tooth at that point. Yeah. You know, he could have just used anything. Mm-hmm. Because the, the suicide tooth is full of uh, cyanide. What yeah. killed Underbite, but Underbite doesn't die. Nope. Um, you know, Cat Clops is ecstatic about this. You know, uh, I love, uh, yeah, you mess with the cat, you get the clops. I yep. think that's funny. Good line. <laughs> Uh, and then we get this like interminable coda. Yep. <laughs> like, this like conservatively 40 minute long, like third act, you know, falling action. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it made me very nostalgic for the doc hammer. Like, let's just end, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's so talky talky. Yeah. Uh, from this point it's, on, it's basically return of the King. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but the ventures, they, they, you know, they, they, they walk through the broken wall, uh, where their plane was, uh, and they're welcome to what was, to what's on the other side of the border, which is mm-hmm. Michigan. 
So I like the yeah. idea that Underland is is basically the area around Toledo, uh, which mm-hmm. if you've ever been up to Toledo, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, immediately on the other side, like the sky is blue, the grass is green, there are flowers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, again, funny. Yeah. The underground in thanks to Rusty's service, they give them the highest honor they could have, which is the best costume award group be- <laughs> or best group costume. I think that's funny as well. Yep. Um, and Underland is free now, you know, cat clops and girl Hitler get proposed. Uh, girl Hitler is going to be the president. The joke here being that she's going to be a Hitler. Mm-hmm. You know, they've uh, changed one like a Marvel comics dictator for oh. a gender swapped real one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I love this line. Dean's like, boy, a girl president, how progressive. And Hank says, yeah. and Hitler, things are really looking up. <laughs> yeah, that that is very funny. And again, the, uh, the general third person noun. Yes. Uh, kind of thing you know dracula's frankenstein's and hitler's yeah um you know rusty asks what they're gonna do with baron underbite and they want to soften their image so they're gonna banish him mm-hmm. um they they send him out uh, we get closure for the eunuchs yeah heads just in case you were wondering uh they get their testicles back uh which is you know again just such a dumb comedy construct mm-hmm. like i want this formaldehyde <laughs> token yeah. of the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to me mm-hmm. you know this isn't this that's isn't why. you know tim and eric's bedtime stories the, the you know these don't belong to dr krang they've not been put on ice <laughs> yeah yeah like this is not a moment of, this is meant to be like hey you guys can go live real lives you guys get to wear clothes again you're mm-hmm. no longer slaves also here's some medical waste you know, it's just, it's just very weird. It's meant to be very funny. And then the post-credits uh, is at the cocoon, um, the monarch answering the door where Baron Underbite uh, asks if he can crash for a little bit because he just got divorced. <laughs> Which I was, when I first saw this, I was kind of excited because I was like, oh, they're going to run, they're rolling Underbite into Monarch's crew. Mm-hmm. Like Monarch, Underbite being like number 99 yeah, and having to fit into the henchman armor and stuff, and just being kind of part of that, I could see as an angle mm-hmm. for them. I think they were just so sick of the character; they were like, "Fuck that shit." Yeah, and also, point. why would Monarch say yes to this? He hates him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and that's a uh, you know uh, one of the worst episodes of the second season for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't you know, care for it. Yeah. Fun, Some fun jokes, jokes. It's not like not like being having teeth pulled. You mm-hmm. know, even the worst episodes of the show have not been like a death march. Yeah. You know, to me, and I think I like this more than I like Brisby, just because mm-hmm. there are more jokes. Yeah. But I philosophically think it's dumber. Yes, like more of the jokes land for me. There's a little bit of character development with the boys, um, but yeah, this is a pretty rough episode of this television program. Agreed. I don't know that I have yeah. anything additional to add. Yeah, uh, what's the next one we're doing? Uh, the next one we are doing. Uh, let me look at the calendar here. Uh, is going to be Fallen Arches. Oh, great. I, for some reason, I thought uh, State Dinner was next. Nope. Uh, State Dinner was, was after like, oh, that. No. I was like, oh, just a real nadir. Yeah. Yeah. Woof. <laughs> um, yeah. Fallen Arches is great. Mm-hmm. Jefferson Twilight, The Alchemist. Like, that. that's... We're, we're back, baby. Yeah. I just I got just about developing the Order of the Triad. Love it. I love the Order of the Triad so much. <laughs> Something <laughs> torrid. Um, yeah. So, so bright sky, you know, skies are going to clear up. Yeah. Everybody. Temporarily. Until, until we get yeah. to state dinner. And then it's, yeah. and then it's smooth sailing. It's the climax. And then it's, you know, good old season three. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody, I wanted to give a little air to something somebody mentioned on the Patreon. Okay. Uh, that I thought was cool. Someone asked if we would do anything like bonfires or chat with us, like 
if we'd ever do a special where we covered like a Johnny Quest episode mm-hmm. or a Tick episode that Jackson Public wrote. Um, I don't see why not. No plans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that's kind of a fun idea. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of the show to get through, but like talking about the inspiration of the show might be fun, maybe for like a live show mm-hmm. or, um, you know, a convention thing like a duck fest. Yeah. You know, doing an episode of Johnny quest or something like that, what I think would be pretty fun. Agreed. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I think that it was Mitch. No, no, it was not Mitch who wrote that. Uh, I want to give credit to the person who did it and I forgot, but I'll have it ready for next episode. Okay. Apologies to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's a fun idea as well. Agreed. Yeah, no, I think that'll be uh, I think that'll be a good time. Yeah, um, and uh, if you like the show, you can go to uh, Patreon dot mm. uh, com, uh, Patreon dot com slash Duckfeed TV. Um, we'd really appreciate that. Yeah, get you episodes also, of the show a week early. Yeah, also leave us uh, ratings reviews on uh, you know iTunes, Apple Podcast, or um, Podcast Addict. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, uh, the person is Cough Coffin Ed. Thank you, Coffin Ed. Coffin, like yeah. what you're buried in, or coffin, like pneumonia? Like TB. Okay, cool. Uh, so I hope that clears up, and thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, if you like the show, you know, tell people about it as well. Please we do. appreciate that. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Definitely. I don't, again, I have nothing else to add, so I shouldn't have yeah. spoken. Uh, but I do <laughs> have one thing to say. We could, we, what we can always say is... Uh, Hail go, Underland. Go, I mean, go uh, Team Venture. Go Team Venture. If we just switch, if we just switch make this Underland from, fan, fan cast. Yeah, we're not going to come back until Underland comes back. <laughs> Give me the Underland spinoff. <laughs> All Underland. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why the show got canceled. Oh, yeah. They lost Underland in season two. Yeah. yeah.